encouragement is needed for endurance. Right? We are creatures who are prone to thinking, uh, I need something to, to make this worth it. I need some kind of an encouragement to push me forward through the hard times. Right? In life, we save money for children to have, give, to have them a more secure future. We work to earn a paycheck. We, we go to school with the hopes of, of graduating, walking across that aisle, right? All the hard work is finished. Everybody's working for the weekend, so to speak. Somebody asked me to sing that, and I was like, we often keep the end in mind to continue on in the present. And we hope that the promise of better days encourages us in present hard things. And now it's been a minute since we've been uh, in Matthew. So just as a refresher, Jesus, at the beginning of the Matthew chapter 10, uh, commissions his 12 disciples, his apostles, to go out into the world to proclaim that the kingdom has come. And he tells them, as you go, you're going to suffer many trials. You're going to suffer much persecution. Jesus knew this. He told them as much. And he wants to offer some encouragement to them as they experience suffering and hardship on mission. And surely Jesus sends us also into the world. And this encouragement is for us as well. Because sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, we gotta, sometimes we think to ourselves, is it worth it? Is this really worth it? Jesus this morning gives us great encouragement. And he does tell us it's worth it. If you would open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 through 42. It'll be on the screens if you have a Bible as well. Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 through 42. This is the word of God. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. 
For the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. This is the word of God. And all of God's people said, Amen. The apostles in their mission to preach the kingdom of God would encounter many trials. And they would suffer a lot of awful situations. And we actually see this really early on uh, in the scriptures. In the book of Acts, Stephen, in Acts chapter 7, Stephen, the first martyr for Christ in proclaiming Christ is stoned. In Acts chapter 12, James and uh, some other Christians were killed by Herod because it gained him favor with the people. And, you know, we have some historical data uh, regarding the martyrdom of each of the apostles. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with the story of Peter, who who requested being crucified upside down because he thought himself unworthy of dying the same death as Lord. And in the third century, during the reign of the Roman Emperor Diocletian, there arose a great persecution, and there was an estimated 3,000 to 3,500 Christians martyred during that persecution. Christians throughout the ages have suffered much for acknowledging Christ in their words and their works. And like I said before, we got to think, is it worth it? Is it worth it to you? Especially given the day and age in which we exist. What we believe and trust is not valued in the world in which we exist. And there is much hostility because of it. You might think to yourself, how am I supposed to bring Jesus to these people in my life, in this place, to these people? Is it worth it? Acknowledging Christ in the workplace might cost you a promotion. Acknowledging Christ with your neighbors might cost you your reputation. Acknowledging Christ in a school or in college might cost you academic advancement. You know, for many, really, who have it much harder than us in other parts of the world, acknowledging Christ does cost them their lives. I can't help but think about uh, early reign covenant church in China just in the past year. Pastor Wang Li was sentenced to nine years in prison for acknowledging Christ. And one of their elders, uh, butcher this, Quinn Dufo, was sentenced to four years for acknowledging Christ. What are we, as Christ's people, supposed to do? What are we supposed to do in these situations? Christ is clear. Christ is simple. We acknowledge him. We value acknowledging him 
in front of everyone above the acknowledgement of the world. That when the world asks us to deny in either our words or our works, we say no. We acknowledge Christ. And Christ, who knows us, our Lord, who knows the difficulty that can come because of acknowledging him in the world, offers us profound comfort and peace this morning. If you look at verse 32, our Lord promises and says, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. Though Jesus promises ongoing presence and comfort in this life through the indwelling of his Holy Spirit, we can't miss this here. That if we acknowledge Christ in this life, Christ promises to acknowledge us before the Father in the next. Though acknowledging Christ in this life might cost you everything, being acknowledged by Jesus in the throne room of heaven after we've passed on from this life is worth all of the cost. That Jesus, when he says, I know that you lost all worldly acknowledgement for acknowledging me, grabs us. He brings us close to himself before his Father. And he says, Father, my beloved, this one, my beloved, who acknowledged me, my friend, the one from for whom I died, he is mine. He belongs to me. That on that day, after losing all worldly acknowledgement, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, brings us close and acknowledges us before the Father. There is no greater good than this. But Christ here also gives us a warning. He says, but whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. If there is infinite blessing and goodness and being acknowledged by Christ before the Father, there is infinite dread and infinite sorrow and being denied by Christ before the Father. Friends, let us not be cowards when the world asks us to deny. Let's confess because it's worth it. But be warned if we do not. It just reveals that we prefer and love the world's acceptance and world's acknowledgement more than Christ's acknowledgement. Brothers and sisters, acknowledging Christ will cost you everything in this life. But it's worth it. Because there is no greater blessing than Christ receiving us and confessing us before the Father. Christ encourages us this morning. He encourages us to endure, fulfill the mission faithfully by acknowledging Christ before others and anticipate the blessing of being welcomed, loved, and acknowledged by Christ before the Father. 
we stand before Christ and the Father and Christ acknowledges us, that'll be good. And Christ acknowledges us. But we must not think that the threats that come to Christ's people are simply out there in the workplace, in the world, in the streets, in the public square. They actually come much closer than we would anticipate. If you would read the next section with me, Jesus goes on and says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I've come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. What's going on here? What do you mean, Jesus? Isn't the gospel good news, peace on earth, and goodwill towards men? Yeah, well, it certainly is that. But we don't want to miss out on that. We don't want to forget that the gospel is peace, mainly peace brought by Christ between men, sinful men, and a righteous and holy God. But here, Jesus wants to shake us. He wants to shake us out of our sleepy spirituality. That the gospel, though it's good news, that doesn't mean it's easy news. In fact, it's news that divides. And sometimes divides the most intimate relationships that exist in this life. We've all heard stories of, of men and women in various places who encounter family trauma because of their allegiance to Christ. It's because of believing and belonging to Jesus. And this week I read a story of a young man who converted to Christianity from a strong Buddhist home. These, this is what he records. One day, my brother and uncle came to me and lied to me. They invited me to go to their house, which I agreed without hesitation. Little did I know that when we arrived at my uncle's house, they would beat me and tie me up with a rope. They told me that I need to return to my old faith. They would continue to beat me. They bound me with a rope with my hands behind my back. My brother, an average-sized man, but with a solid build, used the side of his palms to hit me, to hit my neck and my face over and over again. I was held from 7 in the morning until 7 at night. Fortunately, him and his wife, his pregnant wife, did make it out of their village to a church community several hundred miles from where they lived. But what trauma brought about between blood on account of Christ? I wonder if any of us have stories of such trauma. How are we supposed to fulfill the mission faithfully as we experience things like this, if we experience things like this? 
Jesus goes on to say, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. These are a lot of negative statements, right? If you love father or mother more, you're not worthy. If you love son or daughter more, not worthy. If you find your life, you will lose it. These are inherently negative statements. And it makes us wonder, why? Why such negative statements? Aren't these things valuable? Is not family valuable? Is not life itself valuable? Given the hostility that can come between family members on account of the gospel, Jesus here challenges the level of commitment we can have toward those familial and life goods. Now, Jesus is not devaluing family. Jesus at many times upholds the family. And he does not devalue life itself. He gives us many good gifts in this life to enjoy. Rather, he's putting those things into perspective. What is more valuable than the blood that ties families? The blood between Christ and his people, the blood that ties us to Jesus. And what is more valuable than life itself? The life that Christ promises, the life that Christ gives to his people. Will the hostility of parents and the goods of this life sway us from being obedient to Christ's commands, to, to valuing and upholding Jesus as the most valuable, the most infinitely valuable person in all of existence? To love the world, to love family more than Jesus is reckoned as a rejection of his infinite value. Paul Kurtzman comments, and he says, it implies that earthly ties, the love of parents, the affection between brothers and sisters are stronger have a firmer hold upon the heart than the express command of Jesus. To this Jesus says, not worthy. But he does not leave us here. Given Jesus' infinite worth, he calls his people to an open imitation of his suffering of his sufferings, to the, that the call of Christ is to take up your cross and to follow him, to suffer the loss of all things in this life with the promise of true life in the next. That Jesus our Lord, who did take up the cross for us on our behalf, who bore that shame, that punishment, 
in open public who did suffer the abandonment of all of his family, all of his friends on our behalf and suffered the wrath of his father for our sin. Who bore the wrath of God that we might become sons and daughters in his family. Who gave up his life to death that we might taste true life. What should we value more than this? Should family or job, money, goods in this life? There is no earthly good that will give you the life that only Jesus can give you. And to the newly baptized this morning, and really to all those here who in faith have been baptized into Christ. Baptism is of no earthly value, none whatsoever, but of heavenly value, very, very, very much. But here on earth, baptism is an initiation into cross-bearing, it is an initiation into the sufferings of this life. And we got to wonder, is it worth it? Friends, Jesus suffered in this life that we might know and be known by our Father in heaven. That in union with our elder brother, Jesus Christ, we would be adopted into the family of God. That we would have true life in the next. That's worth it. Amen? That's worth it. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you don't know his infinite value and worth, you aren't in the, a part of the family of God, I implore you, Jesus implores you this morning, know him, be known by him, come in faith and in repentance of your sin and find in Jesus a perfect Savior and be welcomed into his family as a son or a daughter. That worth it. Friends, finding true life will cost you everything in this life. All those who believe and belong to Jesus have given up their stake in this world. And though the world would tempt us and call us back, that maybe even family would tempt us and call us back it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Christ encourages us this morning. Fulfill the mission faithfully by taking up your cross and find true life with him in eternity. As I prepared, I could not help but think of the words of the hymn by Henry Light, Jesus, I my cross have taken, all to leave and follow.
follows me, destitute, despised, forsaken. Thou from hence my all shall be. Perish every fond ambition, all I've sought or hoped or known. Yet how rich is my condition. God and heaven are still my own. If God and heaven are still our own, even after losing everything in this life, it's worth it. It's worth it. Next, Jesus concludes with these words. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. And the one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a, receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And the one, uh, and whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. It's a really striking shift in Christ's tone from the previous to this section. That after Christ tells us that union with him, that acknowledging him in this world and believing and belonging to him will divide, he then says, it will also unite. It will also unite. That Jesus promises to reward all who participate in his mission. That Jesus sees and he's caring to uh, for his disciples and ensuring them of his love and his care. That even if family does not receive you, some will receive you. And in receiving you, I will receive them. He will receive them. That Jesus is not short in offering his blessings, his kindness, his reward to those who receive his messenger and their message. That this receiving is not a general receiving, like simply welcoming someone into your home, but that the person receiving, the other person, is receiving the very thing that they're saying. An apostle, uh, sorry, a prophet, because he's a prophet, the receiving is because the prophet is one who is sent by God, speaking God's words. Receiving a righteous person because he's a righteous person, it's because his righteousness is one that is primarily seen in the very character and the nature of God. And the giving of water to even one of these little ones because he's a disciple it's receiving a disciple and accepting that discipleship that Christ does receive those who receive his messenger and their message oh how Jesus sees all and rewards his people for doing the smallest of things to his messengers as well a small cup of water a cup of cold water is seen as being infinitely valuable by Christ. We look and see how closely 
Christ sees himself with his people as well. And if they receive you, they receive me. That Christ is close to his people if they're on mission. That Christ is with them. And those who come close to them, Christ comes close to them as well. But Christ offers us blessings and reward as we participate in his mission that he promises to be with us, that he promises to reward. Friends, I would encourage you, as you at one time received the message through a messenger, go now and be a messenger. Open up your home in hospitality and give opportunity to others that they might receive the message that they might receive Christ. Pray for them, your friends, your family, your neighbors, that they would receive Christ's message and that Christ in turn would receive them. Friends, for these kindnesses Jesus rewards, when on that day we stand before Jesus and he says, I saw what you did, even that little thing, reckon it as it it being done to me and you will by no means lose your reward friends is it worth it is it worth it being a messenger of Christ yes it's worth it that Christ promises reward to all who fulfill the mission by receiving Christ's messengers and their message really brings us to our conclusion at the end of the day after suffering much is it worth it to lose all worldly acknowledgement to suffer the loss of everything in this life even potentially losing family is it worth it go out to be his messenger. Is it worth it? Friends, it's worth it. On that day when we stand before our Father and Christ acknowledges us and he welcomes us into his eternal rest and he rewards us with his mercy. He rewards us with his affection. He rewards us with himself. Is it worth it? Yes. Friends, it's worth it. Because Christ promises blessing and reward, it's worth it to fulfill the mission faithfully. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, these are hard words that you give us this morning. But they are great words of comfort. Great words of joy. God, we do ask that you would give us strength and mercy. That the promise would keep us going. That we would be faithful in your mission. 
honored and be glorified. We do pray these things in Jesus' name.